Hello. Welcome to Lights Carry Action. I'm Carrie Morrison, your film buff friend, and I'm here to give you brief reviews and some fun facts for you so you don't have to do any research. So grab a cup of tea. Let's get to it. This is part two of the Oscars 2021. It's all very exciting. Oh my god, awards and gold and memes. That's mainly why I follow the Oscars now. It's mainly for the absolute great meme quality. And for those of you who are interested, it is on this Sunday, April 25th. Put it in your calendars. There's articles with links on how you can watch the Oscars in the UK, where I am. But I know a lot of my viewers are in the US, so good for you. I used to really love the Oscars. I loved the whole ceremony of it. I mainly loved it to see if my faves would win and what kind of speeches people would give. And as always, I love memes. The thing that I'm realising in in the last few years, or it was probably still going on before that and I just didn't really notice it, the Oscars have become so much more biased towards Oscar buzz. As soon as people hear this should get nominated at the Oscars, or I'll bet this will be nominated at the Oscars, it will get nominated for the Oscars because they are trying to get more people to view it because less and less people are watching the Oscars every year. So they want to pick films that are like, oh, I want to know if this film wins. So the reason why I want to talk about the documentaries is that I feel like sometimes that category gets buried when actually some of the documentaries that are on this list, especially, a lot of them are better quality than the stuff that's actually being nominated for Best Picture or they're telling stories that are a lot more interesting than some of the Best Picture nominations. <clears throat> Mank. Um, <laughs> why don't we just get on to the first documentary of the week? My name is Sybil Richardson and uh, my family is awaiting on a ruling regarding my husband's matter. The first documentary we are looking at is Time, released in 2020, directed by Garrett Bradley. And this is about Fox Rich, also known as Sybil Rich. She is this public speaker, abolitionist, a really amazing woman that I recommend people follow but it's a documentary about her 20 year struggle to free her husband from prison after being sentenced 60 years for armed robbery all righty thank you so much my twins will be 18 next month they have absolutely no idea what it means to have a father in their house what fathers even do So I think this documentary had a lot to offer in terms of raising black women's voices, which I think is really important. There was some scoring here, which I really liked. And the score was done by Jamieson Shaw and Edwin Montgomery. And there was some nice use of archive footage because Fox Rich was documenting on like a VHS tape from like just before um, her husband went to prison and was trying to document her process and making videos of things that her husband is missing out on. And there is a really lovely story throughout. I think I struggled a little bit in terms of being engaged with it. There were points where I tuned out because I just didn't feel like 
was completely convinced to be emotionally invested in her. Also, near the end of it, she said a very ableist slur that I was not happy with. So maybe that just sealed the deal for me. I'm like, um, that's not appreciated. I don't really like that. I think the actual way they made the documentary was really great. What it lacked for me was this narrative string. It more felt like a string of events happened and there's this very thin subtext as to why these things are happening. And most of the really powerful emotional action is mainly within the last, I'd say, 10, 15 minutes. You learn a lot about the family, which was really interesting and you can see how the kids in prison father led them on to pursue careers that were affected by their father being incarcerated and there's very good points about the incarceration system how 60 years in prison at that point is borderline slavery the things they have to do when they're in prison and it doesn't actually teach any lessons there's a point at which there is a punishment and then there is a point of making them suffer and to an extent because of the crime they committed with our robbery it's like do I want to connect with them but at the same time it came from out of desperation financially so it depends on where you morally sit with the situation but I think it's a really important story that was told I think there was just a bit more narrative structuring that needed to be tweaked a little bit but I'm a white person like my review to be honest is completely irrelevant (laughs) we should listen to more stories from people of color especially women of color so watch it and see for yourself now let's get on to the second documentary of the week and this one is from chile let's just have a look Se necesitan personas de 80, 90 años. Estoy loco, qué diablo, que no me convencía de 80, 90 años. The second documentary we are looking at is The Mole Agent, also known as El Agente Topo, released in 2020, directed by Maid Alberti. So the film is about Sergio, who is recruited to be a mole in a resident retirement home as one of the resident's daughters is concerned about her mother's well-being and how she's being treated in the retirement home. So I think what I really loved about this documentary is that it felt, I don't want to say it felt scripted because that's different context, but it still felt like this really compelling narrative because I find with some documentaries, it's just a string of events being contextualized by facts and accounts of stories and there's that kind of documentary whereas this one it was a complete like filmed account of a story and it was beautifully structured to the point where I almost completely forgot it was a documentary it felt like fiction because of how 
nuanced and complex to all. I don't want to say characters, but everyone felt like a character. I loved Sergio, the 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 main person. He just was so affectionate and so endearing. Like I loved him. And there's a really important message to be made about how old people are essentially abandoned in retirement homes and it's so heartbreaking it's well shot it's well structured and I think there's a real I think what I love about it is that you could definitely tell there was such a trust between the documentary team and Sergio and Ramulo who's the person who who recruits Sergio to be the mole like there's that bond of trust that leads to this openness and honesty when Romulo and Sergio are having conversations and they're giving reports about what's happening in the retirement home. The community as well, seeing how the community interacts with them themselves. They are just unapologetically themselves. There are points in the film where it's really witty and really funny. Oh God, I think it's one of my favourite documentaries I've ever watched in a while. And if you're able to access it, I don't think it's had a major release yet, but if you're able to watch it, I highly recommend it. It is just wonderful. So let's get on to our last documentary of the week. And this one, we'll see about my personal bias because obviously it's about a topic very close to home. But let's have a look. Wait, you want me to tell what happened? <laughs> well, two people got cramps and they're spreading. We were all very hyper about it. And I have to go shower some people. I'll see you later. I wanted to be part of the world, but I didn't see anyone like me in it. I hear about a summer camp for the handicapped run by hippies. Somebody said you probably will smoke dope with the counselors, and I'm like, sign me up. The last documentary we are looking at is Crip Camp colon a disability revolution released on netflix last year directed by nicole newnham and james lebrecht and fun fact executive produced by barack and michelle obama so it is an account of a group of disabled people who bonded at camp jared in the early 1970s and from those group of teenagers essentially very young people they go on to a revolution that leads to the first decrees of human rights for disabled people. Continual struggle. Most disabled people, like myself, are unable to use public transportation. We needed a civil rights law of our own. A rehabilitation program has been vetoed by the president because it was cost prohibitive. We decided we were going to have a demonstration. You get the call to action. To the barricades. A small army of the handicapped have occupied this building for the past 11 days. So many people from Camp Jeanette found their way into the building. So I'm going to give some context to some able-bodied people who don't know. Crip is an ableist slur and... I think that might be the last time I ever say that word because obviously very close to home. I thought there would be a reason the film would be called this, like it might be mentioned in the documentary as some kind of, oh, that's what the camp was called or that was what reporters at the time referred to it as. When that's never explored, so I was like, are you calling it that to be outlandish and shocking? Are you doing it as a kind of, we're claiming back a slur? I don't know, but to me it comes across as, oh, look at these disabled people doing disabled things. And I think it, there is so much more to it than that. The story and the 
really historical impact these people from Camp Jarrett did and their story needs to be told and it just felt like it was wrapped up in this package of twee magic disabled people so the titling of that I'm not particularly sure their intention landed personally also because James Lebrecht is co-director and also it's sort of through his lens at the beginning and he bookends the film as well my issue is is that it was really obvious that the most interesting person to document or to get their viewpoint on throughout the film wasn't James Lebrecht it was so clearly Judy Human and a bunch of other people I don't know maybe it was a way to put Judy on a pedestal of how amazing she is and her bravery and her determination was so incredible and she should be in history books of how incredible she is. This is a very standard documentary in terms of their formula of like contextualizing news events with first-hand accounts and archive footage and things like that and I think it really works and obviously there's going to be parts of it that really ring true to me but even then I'm an able-bodied passing person so there's only so much I can fully appreciate and the thing that really unnerved me was that there was footage of police physically removing people from their wheelchairs or just outright just moving the wheelchairs around without the person using the wheelchairs consent and you see that going on now. I can't remember if in Britain, but definitely in America. And it's so disgusting to me. And I was reading some accounts of the documentary and they're saying how the ACA, which is the Human Rights for Disabled Peoples Act at the end of the film, is hardly implemented. There's still really horrible discrimination and bad depictions of disabled people in American media. It's improving slightly in Britain, but it's more of disabled people are forgotten about a lot rather than being poorly mistreated. And when we are remembered, we are like, oh, oh God, tragedy porn. This is getting less about the review and more about my personal annoyance with disabled rights. So I think this is a really important story to look at and I do recommend it. It's on Netflix if you already have a subscription. But there were some mechanics to it, mainly being the title that didn't sit right with me. But who cares about that? The actual content itself is really good. Now, those are all the documentaries. Well, not all the documentaries. Those are the three documentaries Oscar nominated for Best Documentary at the Oscars 2021. And my favourite, I think, it just it only edges it for me, but I loved The Mole Agent. There was such a sentimentality to it that really tugged at the heartstrings. And I mean, I just adored it. I cannot wait for its widespread release. I actually really want the DVD. And that is saying something. You know, a film has got to me if I get the DVD. It doesn't actually necessarily have to be five star amazing for me to get the DVD. But if it's like a film, yeah, I'd happily watch this again. I want other people to watch it with me. That is saying something. Anyway... <laughs> Uh, just a little mini announcement before we get to the credits. So we are changing the release date for episodes because I'm finding, because I work on weekends, that I 
mainly wait until the weekend or in the evenings to watch the films but then I'm just so tired from work and then it means I have to cram so much film watching on Sunday night and Monday morning that it's just too stressful so we are changing it to Thursdays you're not going to get an episode this coming Thursday it'll be the next one so I have a sort of mini break to kind of catch my breath a little bit and then normal program will go back to normal and next week we will no longer be focusing on the Oscars great the film industry is more than the oscars and baftas and award ceremonies because as we've already established the awards mean nothing these days apart from popularity tokens anyway thank you very much for listening this week uh please rate and review this podcast wherever you get your podcast that would be hecka nice it actually really helps the show and boosts its popularity so be very nice uh, the show does have a Patreon. It's only £1 a month. So if you fancy supporting the show and paying for my multiple subscriptions, uh, the link to that will be in the show notes. And you can also follow updates on the podcast at Lights Carry Action on Instagram and also on my personal Twitter at Carrie Jomo. But that is it for the time being, I think. Take care and stay safe. <laughs>